I'm Holly. And I'm Haley. Welcome to Mountain Mysteries, Tales from Appalachia. back even if you don't want it mm. yeah we are but i mean you're listening so you so want you it do. you do you We're want here. it we are here for you every week well mostly mostly <laughs> sometimes <laughs> our lives get wild sometimes life gets crazy um and we are rolling into flu season if you haven't had your flu shot you know would recommend i just want to say i was sick i was sick with some like i think it was covid mm. basically because I, I think recently. i did you? Yeah. yeah. I think I tested too early. Yeah. And anyway, but I was I was sick and um, I worked through it the entire week. I didn't go into the office, obviously. I worked from home, but I was grouchy. Mm. You just asked my boss. I was super grouchy. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I was feeling really rough. Um, or I was like kind of snotty a little bit. I didn't really feel that bad. Yeah. Um, I was a little snotty. I was tired. But... Um, you know, I'd attributed all of that to uh, my monthly cycle um, mm-hmm. beginning yeah, that, cool. at that time. Um, and I was like, you know, that's probably what it is. And my mom just like nonchalantly was like, ha ha, you should probably take a COVID test just, you know, to see. And I'm like, yeah, you're funny. Um, <laughs> but sure, we have 8,000 of them laying around. Yeah. Um, so I was at my grandmother's house and took a test. Immediately positive. Wow. And I was like, oh my God. So I like get my dog. I get leave. I'm like, I'm gone. Lysol, everything. Don't breathe. Don't touch anything. And I was out of the house <laughs> running. And I was like, there's no way. There's no way I have COVID because I'd had it before. Yeah. And I like, I knew how bad I felt then. And I was like, there's no way I have COVID. Like I'm not coughing. I'm not really snotty. I don't really feel bad at all. Yeah. Um, and this was a Saturday night. So I went home and I took two different tests, two more different tests. I took three tests total. Both positive. All three were positive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, I got the snotty, the congestion, all the things. Yeah. So I had to stay out of work, um, you know, a couple of days, but um, I was fine. I mean, I cleared up and I was fine. I had the really bad cough um, that took a little while to go away. I had um, really weird headache. And like tired and all this stuff. So yeah, yeah, that was not fun. And Mm. then my son had been sick before that with something kind of unexplainable. They tested him and he didn't have COVID supposedly. Um, But he just kind of like couldn't get better off and on. He missed like a couple days school and then um, boom, like I had just gotten well. He gets the stomach flu. Oh no. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh. It's pretty much through October. Like, are we going to catch a break ever? Right. So... Well, I think we're all well right now. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed we are well. Knock on everything. Knock yeah. on everything. Yeah. Absolutely. So. All right. So today we are going to go back to Kentucky. I know I did Ooh. a story in Paducah two yeah. weeks ago. But we've got another story from Kentucky. And this one is crazy. Um, it actually started because I was at the library, as one does, looking for for murder books. And I I stumbled upon this one um, and this story. And I I got through some of it, but I couldn't read all of it without um, the book was due. And I couldn't renew it because someone else was waiting. And so I had to 
get it back. back anyway, that wasn't cool, but whatever. Um, so today we're headed to Western Kentucky University. Okay. Or Western, as it was called. Um, Western lies in the scenic mountains of Bowling Green, okay. Kentucky. Yep. Very beautiful. Um, it's May 2003. It's around 4 a.m. when the fire alarm goes off in the Hugh Poland Hall. Okay. This is one of the dormitories on campus, mm-hmm. obviously. Students in varying stages of dress and undress, obviously, mm-hmm. came out of their rooms and out the doors to line up in front of the building. Uh, at the time, no one saw fire and assumed that it was either a drill or somebody had maybe pulled the alarm by accident. Mm-hmm. You know, things happen. We know that in college. Yep. That happened a lot. Yep. Um The early morning air that May was slightly chilly, and students wondered how long it would be before they could go back in and go to bed. Yeah. Obviously. Suddenly, though, they noticed that smoke was billowing from the building, and they realized there was a fire. It's like, this is real. This is not just someone burned popcorn in their microwave. Which is what everybody thinks, right? Yes. Yep. And that's usually why it goes off. Usually why it goes off. Ours were so sensitive in the um, dorms that I lived in that the shower steam sometimes would set them off. Oh, my gosh. Yep. And we're like, how does this keep happening? I finally stopped evacuating the building. Listen, we had to hike up tons and tons of stairs. So if they, at least my freshman year. So when the fire alarm, if we were like, oh, my gosh, again, you know. Well, it was one of those, like, I'm sure we did it very incorrectly, but none of us were ever accounted for. Nobody had a list. We didn't check in with anybody. Mm -hmm. Usually they would just come in and flip the thing off and leave. Half the time the RA wasn't there. I mean, yeah, all the things. I'd roll in and I'm like, the fire department would roll in. I'm still in the building and they're like, hello, did you not evacuate? And I'm like, is it a real fire? And they're like, no. I'm like, okay, see you later. See you next week, same <laughs> I like time. that you're like, is it a real fire? Is it, is it real? And they're like, no, but you should evacuate. I'm like, Boy, no. You're like an old bitty like, try me when it's real i know i'm like i'm out <laughs> i'm going back to bed yeah getting like, back in my coffin wouldn't even get out of bed <laughs> i just put a pillow over my head and was like make it stop oh wow yeah okay <laughs> so if we see a naked girl with a pillow over her head well, no it's Haley. i sleep in clothes <laughs> don't worry i sleep dressed <laughs> In a suit and like suit and very tie. formal, formal, formal feels, attire. So, you know, um, no, it's long usually a, um, no. I kind a of moo-moo? a Donald Duckett. Oh so, no, pants, no huh? pants, shirt, no wow, pants. Wow, kinky. Yeah. Listen, um, no, I'm I'm usually dressed, but <laughs> I'm dressed sloppily. Oh yeah, it's I mean, typically I'd, like you know, old if I was leggings. gonna have to evacuate, I'd throw on a pair of sweatpants. I wouldn't go out in my undies. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh in it. Yeah. 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 Wow. I'd throw on the throw on a pair of that'd be great. Throw on a pair of sweats or something. Yeah. The crickety crocs. <laughs> the crickety crocs. I I, I'm a flip flopper. I'll have on mm-hmm. some flip flops probably. Yeah. Uh so the fire department arrives on scene, goes into the building, and within minutes firefighters come out of the dorm carrying a limp body. Ooh. Not good. The body was that of a female um, who had been severely burned from the waist down. Oh, God. She appeared to have little of any clothing on as firefighters placed her on the grass. She was still alive, but barely. Oh, my God. Students hovered around and many recognized her. Her name was Katie Autry, a mm. fellow dorm mate. 
Katie was a freshman at Western Governor, and like many of her classmates, she was finding her footing in college. She was a week away from her 19th birthday and had recently started working and going to school part-time. Katie's family life had not been really stable. Her mother struggled with mental illness Mm -hmm. and could be abusive and neglectful, so she and her sister were actually taken into state custody and placed into foster care. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Katie had been born May 10th, 1984 in Kentucky, so she was kind of born and raised there. Um, Her real name was Melissa. But oh. she went by Katie, which well, is It is. It is. So cute. Um, so she and her sister kind of bounced around a little bit in foster care, but ended up finding um, stability with a placement of like some older foster parents who oh. were really loving. And by the time she got to high school, she was thriving doing extremely well she was a really good student academically she was popular she was on the cheerleading team um and as she prepared to go to college she searched out as you do all the colleges to see which Mm. is the best fit and she really felt like western was the place for her because it would allow her to stay close to her foster family um her bio family all that that really um just like you know, you're saying she's thriving, she's popular. She, it just reminds me of a student that I have. Like, I'm just picturing the student in my brain of like, oh, just very similar, like upbringing yeah. and circumstances. And yeah. like, you know, and she's, she's lovely and wonderful and doing, and doing great. great things. And I just adore her. Um, but yeah, just, I'm picturing her in my brain. So it's going to make this hard. Katie was like cute and blonde and petite yeah. and, you know, all those things just adorable. Mm. Um, She started her freshman year at Western in the fall of 2002. I also was a college freshman in the fall of 2002. I was in... Oh, God. Kindergarten? I may have started kindergarten that year. 2002? 2005? Yeah, I was in kindergarten. Oh, my Lord. I was starting kindergarten in Miss Murray's classroom. Yeah. How special. Yeah. I would be there in a few weeks to probably, like, work (laughs) with... The small children. Yeah. I probably passed you in the hall I'm or sure something. You did. And I looked at you and I said, Little girl, one day you <laughs> and I not only will work together in a whole other field that I'm working in currently, um, but you and I will have a murder podcast. We'll talk about murder together. What do you think of this, little kindergartner? And you ran off. I ran away. <laughs> oh my god. But gosh. then, intrigued, you came back. I came back. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, old lady. Oh my god! And uh, in your van, just <laughs> rolling up. I backed up my van and I said, "Get in, little girl." Free podcasts. <laughs> yes, because in 2002, nobody knew what the hell podcasts were. Oh my god! Okay, it's amazing. Wow, I know that's, that's a great crazy story to think about. It's a great story. All right, yeah, it's no, it's not good. Mm. All right, so. She was really enjoying the college life, the independence. Mm -hmm. I hear that. Oh, yeah. Um, She eventually found a good friend um, that she decided to roommate with. Okay. So she and her roommate frequently went to parties, living the good life, drinking, all the things that you do, you know, when you're free for the first time. Yeah. So she also began to explore sexually. Okay. So she earned a, you know, a nickname um, and... When I read it, I actually thought it was pretty funny because I was like, that is so my generation. Uh, her nickname was the Ho from the Second Flow. Oh, my God. 
So obviously, That's kind of. Did she embrace it or was she embarrassed? No, by she it? embraced. It. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she was involved in a long-term romantic relationship um, with a guy named Maurice. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, Maurice mm-hmm. um, and her, while they had an intimate relationship, he had a girlfriend who lived out of town, and uh, he was like, listen, I'm, you know, here to, you know, basically hit it and go. Have a good time. Uh, have a good time and, you know, hit it and quit it. Like, that's right. that's what I'm doing. Well, and, and so for some people, that was fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, this was not easy right. for her. Okay. Um, because she really did like him. Okay. So while in college during this freshman year, Katie decides to emancipate herself from the Kentucky foster care system. Okay. So kind of the rule from my understanding is that foster care is like 18 to 21. Or excuse me, zero to twenty-one. Right. So essentially, they will pay for your college education. Oh, yeah. Um, but she wanted to emancipate herself, so stopping it at eighteen rather than twenty-one. So this means that they're not going to pay. And like, I get it because I've. I mean, we've both worked with with kids who have, you know, been in care been before. Been in care before, yeah. and that whole process of aging out. I mean, I've. I remember having conversations when I worked in the field of. Um, with kids of like, you know, you should do this program because it's free money. Like, yeah, get the money, like take the money. You have had a bad hand dealt to you. Get this money. Yeah. Um, but you know, they're, have been so hurt by the system, you know, that they're just done. 18 done. I don't want anything to do with it. I want out. I want no part of it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I have, don't have that lived experience. So I'm like, you know, respect. Well, and there's something to be said to be tied to being a foster child and right. being and in the system. And then I'm sure there were still stipulations. Like there is in, in our state, like you, you do have to check in with a case manager once, like everything is every like three months yeah. or something like that. And like you, and you have to prove to someone that you're either in school or working and, you know, it is a hassle. Um, yeah. I think it's a good program. I think, but I still, wonder too if it. she wanted to separate herself in in that sense of freedom, yeah. uh, separate herself from that, but also kind of create a new path that didn't yeah. include that. I, yeah. I don't know, you know. But because she chose to emancipate herself, the college education was no longer paid for. Right. So she had to end up working to pay her tuition basically which she did she worked um off campus in various jobs she even had a brief stint as a exotic dancer me too (laughs) i danced exotically for um no i didn't never never i mean no like takes mad skill oh my gosh so i wanted to tell you uh my physical therapist does um Oh, what does she do? She started with pole dancing. Yeah. Which I know you said that yeah. you, you did and you loved it. And I, I was telling her it, that. Loved it, loved um, it. But she also does silks. Yes. And it was just silks. talking about like how it is in your back and like how hard it can, you know, but how like it makes you feel so strong and all those things. That's so. the thing with pole for me. I, like I felt mm-hmm. the most confident and strong and, you know, that I'd ever felt while, you know, doing that. I mean, I looked like a crazy person because I was not good at it, but 
It was the craziest workout I've ever had in my entire life. My entire body hurt. Yeah, that's what she said. So anyway, so no judgment on the exotic dancing. Oh, no, no. Like, I mean, if you can make money doing that, make your money. (laughs) Listen, I mean, at my age. I'm not going to be raking in any money. No, no. But (laughs) get it. So on Saturday, May 3rd, 2003, Katie and her roommate had plans to attend a frat party that was being mm. held on campus. Gotcha. So before they went, they did something called pre-gaming. Oh, For those yeah. of you who don't know what pre-gaming is, that means that you are drinking before, before you, you go, go into the party. Yep. Um, a good friend of mine loves, she's a pre-gamer. <laughs> she's like, oh, let's, let's pre-game. Yep. Uh, anyway, so... Cheaper. It is, and that's actually at our age. That's part of the reason right. why pregame means important because yeah. drinks you can't afford drinks at a no, restaurant. But also at the same time, at our age, if we decide to pregame, we usually don't make it out no. of the house. We're like, and it's no. nine p.m. Well, that was uh, fun. That was good. That we had time a couple drinks here together, and now it's time for me to sleep on your couch. Exactly. Or in your guest room. Exactly. And I'll see you in the morning, and we'll have coffee, and then I'll go home. Yeah. Wild night. <laughs> so sad. It is. So sad. It's fine. So Katie arrives at the party, um, but the problem was she had pre-gamed a little too much, so she was a little bit intoxicated. Mm. Um, she had a habit of getting teary and dramatic when she was drunk, um, and her roommate would often have to like babysit her. Oh. So Haley and I were talking about that. I'm a handsy mm. drunk. I'm a like all over you handsy drunk. Mm. I can be. I'm more of a fleer. Haley just leaves and like just walks off. I'm gone. Um, But everybody is different. I mean, we we knew someone who would like (laughs) teary just like she was. Um, You know, we've seen people who are just like the good time kids. You know, you've seen the people who get angry when they're drunk. You know, I need a backpack leash. She does. I do. A little cute little safe harness. It's a a problem. Maybe with her name on it so that Mm -hmm. people can say, Haley, don't run into traffic. Yeah. That would be helpful. Don't, don't. You know, go into the woods. I probably need some kind of muzzle. Something. Mm, straight jacket. Maybe a straight jacket. Maybe a straight jacket. Mm-hmm. Well, I say thanks too, so the, maybe the muzzle. Maybe the muzzle. But I, it's some kind of like Silence of the Lambs costume yeah. or something. Something for me. Yeah. That, yeah. I just need a leash. oh good uh so while katie was at the party she spotted maurice the guy that she was hooking up with Mm. she really kind of wanted to have a relationship you know he was the one who had the girlfriend so she comes up to him really ballsy and she's like hey you want to dance i bet you do and he's like no and he tells her no that he he will not dance her no yeah she got really upset yeah and she starts a fight with him (gasps) Yeah. No, no fighting. Yeah. Violence is never the answer. Exactly. Well, again, she's drunk, so I she tell gets... my kids this all the time. <laughs> Violence is not the answer, kids. She got really belligerent. She became pretty disruptive. So the host of the party said, listen, I'm sorry, you're causing a scene. You, you have go. got to go. Yeah. Got to go. One of the fraternity pledges was the DD. And, okay. you know, he was taking people home and all the things. So he said, listen, Katie, I'll take you home. Her roommate was having a lot of fun and was like, listen, I don't want to leave. Right. So like, like you, just because you can't keep it together doesn't mean exactly because you're trying to start fights with people. But you also, can go. if you go with someone, you leave with them. Yeah. Like girl that's code. Typically the rule. Yep. Well, they didn't know that back when you were in kindergarten because no. you couldn't share that sure information. Uh, she did promise that she would call Katie later 
and check in on her, make sure that she got home, all the things. So she thanked the driver in advance and said, thanks for taking mm-hmm. my roommate home. Sorry that you kind of getting stuck mm-hmm. with this. Sorry, you know. it's problem. Yeah. So around 2.30 in the morning, um, not long after Katie left the party, the roommate called just to check in and see, yeah. like, hey, did you get home okay? Everything okay? Uh, roommate had plans to stay at another friend's house. Okay. So she just wanted to tell her, like, listen, I want you to know, like, hope everything's okay. I'm not going to be home tonight. I'll be back tomorrow morning. Katie answers the phone, and this is, of course, a landline. Right. So Katie answers the phone, tells her roommate, yeah, everything's cool. I'm just laying here in bed. But there's a man here in this room with me, <gasps> and I'm scared. <gasps> oh, that just gave me chills. Yeah. She said she didn't know who he was. And her roommate said, let me talk to this person. Like, give, give this person the phone. So a male gets on the phone and says that, you know, hey, I'm the frat guy who drove her home. And he said, I wanted to make sure that she got up to her room okay because she was intoxicated. And he told the roommate, like, not to worry, everything's okay. But before hanging up, Katie's roommate thought for sure she heard a second male voice in the room. She wasn't super concerned because she was like, well, maybe, you know, maybe Katie was like, acting crazy and like it took like two people to like carry her up and Mm-mm. maybe she was still drunk so Mm-mm. she was kind of nope yep nope. that's a big nope for me her roommate said cool okay not the blaming the roommate but that's a big old nope yeah it's but again so i i and i don't want to this is not slut shaming i promise but because she had the you know Right. Flow on the second, you know, hoe on the second flow. It kind of leads you to like, oh, well, she's drunk. Maybe she's. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, okay. So about an hour and a half later, that's when the fire alarm goes off. Okay. Again, as we talked about, it's not unusual for this to happen. Popcorn burns. Yeah. People set it off. All the things. Um, So. This is the point where the body is lying on the ground and first responders are trying to take care of her. Also noticed that on the bed was a badly beaten when they go into the room. Firefighters. Before they bring her out, they notice that she was badly beaten Mm. and burned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She had a shirt wrapped around her face and another piece of fabric that was wrapped around the sprinkler system. Okay. Yeah. So intentional. Right. So the firefighter had said that the sprinkler had already put out the fire. It was just very strange. So it's had to soak through the shirt and then, yeah. Which, I mean, it would because those sprinklers are probably forceful. So, obviously, Mm. you know, the firefighter was like, oh, wow, something more than, like, a fire happened here. Um, Katie was, in fact, the source of the fire. Oh, my God. You see, someone had lit her on fire while she was alive. Oh, my God. So, as they carried her out of the building, firefighters said, she said, quote, take me home. Oh. Katie had severe burns to her chest and genital area. A hairspray can was found and proved to be the accelerant. Mm. 
There was alcohol gel placed inside of her, presumably to eliminate any evidence of a sexual assault. Mm. She was transferred to the Vanderbilt Hospital located in Nashville, Tennessee. She was in critical condition. The doctors explained that Katie's burns were so severe that they likely destroyed most of her nerve endings. A blessing, as this would have significantly reduced the amount of pain she was in. Despite the care that she was given, she was unable to survive her injuries and Mm. passed away three days later on May 7, 2003. Police wanted to know why the roommate, who was kind of always babysitting Katie, um, wasn't home that night. Like, that was kind of odd behavior. Yeah, yeah. The roommate, you know, told the police that she was with another friend as well that night, um, and that, like, she told him about the weird phone call and how there was the one guy but then that other guy she heard a voice as well Mm -hmm. something just felt weird um so she talked about the individual who was the designated driver right right? so they called him in for an interview and he was like i don't know what happened after i dropped her off then they questioned maurice the guy that she was wanting to have the relationship with that Mm -hmm. she had asked to dance with that night and he turned her down Mm -hmm. so eventually After talking to all these people, they circle back to the DD, the designated driver, and they learned that Katie was not the only person in his vehicle that night. According to the DD, a friend of his was with him that night. His friend's name was Stephen Souls. Mm. He was um, a resident of nearby Scottsville, um, and he was not a student at the college. So just kind of randomly there in the car. Um, he had gone with the friends to the party, um, but was drunk and passed out in the back of the car. On the drive back to Katie's dorm, Katie teased Stephen about being sick and called him, quote, a sick boy. All <laughs> I, right. I, all right. Sure. Um, apparently, when Katie got out of the car, Stephen told his friends that he wanted to holla at her and got out of the car. Mm. I don't know what that means. I think it's like a, I wouldn't think it would mean hook up, but maybe it does. I don't think so. I mean, I'm, I don't Maybe think, with the intention of like, I don't know. I think in, in my generation, like, like, hey, like, talk to her. Like, right, yeah. You know, like, that kind of thing. Not yeah. like hook up with her. Right, like talk to them with the intention of setting up something. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's what I We are from different generations, so I want to make sure that maybe this is... Okay. Yeah. So, um, Stephen was brought in for questioning, and he was a known liar and apparently a thief within Hmm. the community that he lived in. Wow. Um, He was about a year and a half to two years older than Katie and had a history of being lazy, not attending school or working. He would hang out with other underachievers in the area. Mm. Um, In Kentucky, he was known as a pothead. Um, never been in any serious trouble, but like I said, because, you know, he stole and did all these things, a lot of people didn't trust him. Right. Um, and a lot of the people around him felt like he was a mooch, that he would just, like, leech off of them and yeah. do all those things. Yeah. So, but that also doesn't make him a killer. Right. You know, that that's a leap. Yeah. So, when they brought him in for questioning, they learned that Stephen had a group of friends um, that attended the fraternity party that night. They had also pre-gamed 
you know, prior to attending. So Mm -hmm. everybody was really intoxicated by the time they walked into a party with alcohol. Mm. Um, He was sick and he went to sleep it off in the back of his friend's car. He said that on the way to Katie's dorm, he and her were messing around and making out. He denied at first going up to her dorm room. Then he later said, after she exited the vehicle, he followed her and snuck through the dorm door before it closed. So I will say, at least in our dorms, there was a lot. It was locked. Yeah. So like once the door closed, if you didn't have the code, you couldn't get in. Right. So that was probably the scenario here. So he is saying, first part of his story is, hey, no, I'm the back of the car. Now he's saying, mm-hmm. okay, well, I really like snuck through, which the wording snuck snuck sounds creepy yeah yeah followed followed her up to the room and they had sex Mm. he says it was consensual but she's so drunk that but she's so drunk that's not consensual consensual. exactly so then he continuously changes his story tells authorities you know like no i didn't hurt her i wasn't the one blah 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 like yes we had sex but that was all that happened then he said that um you know, there was some hanging out in her room and that his friend Lucas had called and asked where he was. And he told Lucas, you know, where he was. And then Lucas suddenly showed up in the dorm room and told Katie he wanted to have sex. I, right? It's just I like it. horrible. Yeah. So <clears throat> apparently Stephen said that Katie said no and that Lucas violently attacked her. He said that Katie fought back but was not able to get away from Lucas, who was much bigger than her. And then he said he watched as Lucas tortured and lit Katie on fire. Oh, my God. Yeah. Lucas Goodrum was 21 years old in the spring of 2023. He wasn't a student at the university or really anywhere for that matter. He was also kind of a screw up. Um, He had a hard time holding down any steady job, didn't have any further education. Lucas had actually been married and divorced and was a father of a young son. Oh, my God. He was 21 years old. Wow. Um, his ex-wife alleged that Lucas was abusing her. Mm. And the day before Katie was attacked, Lucas was arrested on domestic violence charges against the girlfriend that he had at the time. Yeah. So Lucas, not a number one guy as far as a good one. Yeah. Lucas's mother had married his stepfather years earlier, uh, who happened to be heir to the Dollar General stores. Oh. That's weird to say heir to a Dollar General heir store. Heir to the DG. Yeah. Hmm. Feels weird to say. Somebody's but gotta be it. I guess, yeah, I know. It's not us. Not us. We would. What would we be the heir to? Mm. The cornfield. Ah, uh, the cornfield. The guard shack. The guard. Oh, mm. yes, we could. Yeah. It could be heirs to the guard. Check. Oh, watch out, Randy. Watch I'm going to make some changes now that I'm the heir. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, so Lucas's family had a lot of money. Y'all know money talks. Sure does. Okay. So he didn't have to work. He right. didn't have to do anything. So he spent most of his time just getting high. Mm. Uh, Lucas eventually moved to the Scottsville area with his father and stepmother. Stephen and Lucas had been friends for a long time, but often argued because Stephen was the mooch. Yeah. 
and Lucas obviously was the rich one. Stephen told Lucas's girlfriend he was cheating on her, um, causing there to be an argument between Lucas and Stephen. Mm. Anyway, um, apparently Stephen, who was biracial, um, you know, Lucas threw out a racial slur. I mean, despite all this, anyway, they were hanging out that night of the party. Um, and they went together um, with other mutual friends. When brought in for questioning, Lucas recalled seeing Katie at the party but denied ever going to her dorm room. In fact, he stated that the RA at the other dorm said that Lucas was in the lobby of the building around 2.30 that morning, mm. the same time as the phone call between Katie and the roommate. Right. So Lucas emphatically denied knowing anything about the rape and murder yeah. of Katie Autry. Um, his father and his stepmother said that he was at home before the fire alarm sounded at 4 a.m., you know, saying, like, there's no way possible. He right. was here. We saw him. Therefore, that creates an alibi. Authorities believe that Stephen's account of that night, citing Lucas's history of violence and Stephen's lack thereof, really kind of spoke to him putting the, shining the light and saying, oh, no, well, it's got to be Lucas. Um, anyway. He says, you know, we had no reason to believe Stephen because mm -hmm. Stephen was a habitual liar. So Stephen and Lucas were both arrested on charges of first-degree capital murder. Wow. They were both facing the death penalty. Wow. While awaiting trial, the DNA from inside Katie came back. Despite the attempts to use that gel and the mm -hmm. attempt to burn the semen, you know, blah, 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 it was still recovered. Right. The DNA was a match to Stephen. Oh, wow. There was no evidence from the room that contained Lucas's DNA. Stephen admitted that he assaulted Katie, but also said he only did so after Lucas did, because Lucas threatened to kill him if he didn't. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Given the lack of evidence against Lucas, authorities were unable um, to secure any kind of conviction against him, right. and they decided to just let him off with a deal. Um, let's see. Stephen agreed to plead guilty on all charges, which would be murder, rape, sodomy, arson, robbery, complicity to commit robbery, and complicity to commit rape. Wow. I didn't even realize that there was sodomy involved. I, it seems like she was absolutely tortured. Yeah. Um, in exchange, the death penalty was taken off the table. Um, Stephen ended up testifying against Lucas at his upcoming trial. Wow. On the stand, Stephen once again changed his story. Mm. He still said that Lucas was the one who attacked, beat, raped Katie initially, but now, he said, Lucas forced him to rape her. Mm. Stephen was the one who um, sprayed the hairspray and lit Katie on fire. He said he only did so after Lucas told him to do so, and under the threat that, you know... Um, do this or else and so he said that lucas though was the one that burned katie alive steven was the only person whose dna was found at the crime scene wow. he now admitted to raping and lighting katie on fire causing her death lucas obviously had parents who had an alibi that night and he was also seen um in that right. dorm you know so his DNA was not found anywhere in the scene, and there was no evidence that could directly connect him. The mm -hmm. only connection was that Stephen said, like, yeah, he was here. Yeah. Um, and there was a jailhouse informant who claimed that Lucas confessed to the crime while awaiting trial. Um, but again, not enough evidence 
to go to the jury. So Lucas was found not guilty on all charges and released. Katie's family and her foster family, birth family, they were devastated about this because yeah. they really thought that Lucas got away with rape yeah. and murder. Yeah. Stephen was sentenced with to life with no possibility of parole, and he remains there in the Kentucky Department of Corrections um, right now. Mm. He is 39 years old, and Lucas, well, actually, he's older than that. Sorry, I got my math off a little Sorry. bit. He is 42 years old. And uh, Lucas was charged a few years later with domestic violence and terroristic threats against his ex-wife. Wow. Yeah. He ended up moving to Texas, kind of fell off the radar, um, and don't really know what's going on with him right now. But many people believe that Lucas was guilty and he got off. Yeah. Um, the dorm rooms had been unlocked by a resident car key. Uh, key card that's the only way that you can get yeah. in and steven yeah. admitted to following katie up before the door closed so that right. he could get in yeah. but then this gives you the question of then how did lucas get in right unless he did something similar yeah um, with another student or something. and then like his dna wasn't found i don't know but i mean could have used a condom could have and you know maybe his parents being yep more influential in society we're like hey, we'll give him this alibi like yeah. it looks bad for us all these things right. i don't off. know yeah yeah i just don't know don't so know. it's really weird uh but carl turner jr the heir to the dollar general made a generous gift to um the university following her death some believe that lucas you know based on his white privilege um he was able to hire a better attorney mm -hmm. blah 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 and essentially he was able to get off and right. because stephen was you know of mixed race a little bit poorer had a little more of a history of lying and theft and some of this stuff mm -hmm. that you know they instantly went to charge him so since then, security protocols have been changed at the university um, in regard to dorm room and that kind of thing. Um, they always say that Katie was such a bright light. And I know people say that of like, oh, she lit up a whole room, but really Katie did. Yeah. And I'm going to post for this story a photo of her. Um, yeah. And you can just see she was adorable, absolutely adorable. And she had her whole life ahead of her. Yeah. And this just wow. breaks my heart. Yeah. So that's the story of Katie Autry. That's horrific. Horrific. Wow. Yes. Awful. Mm. <sighs> I've had some heavy stories yeah. lately. I it's need. Been, it's getting heavy down here. <laughs> that's what I said about my hips. It's, <laughs> it's getting heavy down here. Oh, it's got a lot of support. Hold up my trunk. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of junk in this trunk. <sighs> wow. Yeah. Okay. So. If you all have heard of the story, know of the story, um, or just want to send Haley an email, just to annoy her, yeah, or whatever, just go ahead and send her an email at mountainmysteries.appalachian at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at Mountain Mysteries Tales from Appalachia. You can find us on Instagram. Please feel free to message us at mountainmysteries.appalachia and... For a really groovy time, come join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash mountain mysteries. Yeah. You got a shout out, Haley? Um, yeah, I'm trying to find a, a one. I feel like they all sound like we've done them before. I'm sure we have. But Let's I just do Rye 
in East Sussex. Oh, I love it. It's so delightfully English because it's in England. It is in England and Sussex. I like it. Yes, you know, like oh. uh, Harry and Meghan. Yeah. Boy, they're messed up. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Crazy. Get some drama. Some I wonder drama. how long that marriage is going to last. I think they're solid. You think so? Yeah. I, I think know. their family drama is just wild. It is wild. It's pretty interesting. But it's not really my jam. Hmm. But I think they're I think they're I solid. love jam. I also love jam. On a little toast? <gasps> that sounds nice. Jam and bread. That sounds good. It sounds great. Biscuits and jam? Yeah. Mm. One night you'll just have to get drunk and stay on my couch and yeah. I'll make you jam and it's great. Yeah. yeah. Sounds we'll good. We'll do that. Love coffee. Great. Yeah. I like tea, but I'm I'm a coffee drinker. I'm a coffee gal. Yeah. Also like tea, but more of a coffee person. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.